Good morning and welcome to Rich Thoughts for Breakfast. I'm Harold Herring and that's my fine wife Beth on this terrific Tuesday. Yes, indeed. Today we're going to talk about how much money is enough. You know, I heard, once heard the story of a Texas rancher who was asked if he wanted to own all the land there was. With a smile, he said, nope, I just want to own all the land that's next to mine. <laughs> John D. Rockefeller, the first billionaire in America, was once asked, how much money is enough? He replied, just a little bit more. Last week in Dem Rockefeller, remember that he was a devout Christian who never smoked or drank. He tithed from the very first dollar he ever made. He also defined modern philanthropy. If you've never studied the life of Rockefeller, he was an interesting man who died at 97. There's a book called Titan, and I encourage you to read it. We're not going to talk about how much money is enough for billionaires, millionaires, or even large landowners. We're going to talk about how much money is enough for every Christian drawing a breath on planet Earth. Let's look at 12 things God requires every believer to do. And yes, each of these take money. Number one, God requires you to have enough money to be truly joyful when you tithe. Tithing is not always joyful, especially when every cent counts and their needs on every hand. In spite of their needs, there are many Christians who tithe faithfully. However, when money is in short supply, it is really hard to be joyful about it. So let's go to the scripture and see what the Word of God says about our attitude, what it should be when we tithe. Deuteronomy 26 is completely dedicated to the proper way of bringing the tithe to God. We recommend that you read the whole chapter at your earliest convenience. However, to save time, we're going to look at a portion of it. Deuteronomy 26, verses 11 and 12. And thou shalt rejoice in every good things, which the Lord thy God hath given unto thee and to thine house, when thou hast made an end of tithing of all tithes of thine increase. God says we must give an attitude of rejoicing when we tithe. Think about that for a moment. Just how much money will you have to earn to be really joyful each time you tithe? I cannot personally answer that question for you. You'll have to determine that for yourself. There is an amount of money that would make tithing more of an act of obedience, turn it into a truly joyful act of worship. Number two, God requires you to have enough money to be able to adequately do your part to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the whole earth. You know, we're sure all Christians know God requires them of them, not just tithing, because Malachi tells us that we have robbed God if we don't give our tithes and offerings over and above our tithes. In Malachi 3.8, 3.8 it says, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed ye? The in tithes and offerings. Just take a moment and think of the many offerings God requires of us. Surely he wants us to give to the missions and the traveling ministers as well as spreading the gospel through radio, television, internet, etc. Galatians 6.6, 6, the Living Bible says, Those who taught the word of God 
should keep their teachers by paying them, should help their teachers, excuse me, by paying them. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Everyone knows that going into all the world to preach the gospel to every soul is an expensive business. We can't do it, but we can send people. We can't do, be everywhere at once like we were. people say that, but we were talking about that the other day. You can be a lot of places when you give into the gospel. That's it. This requirement becomes even more expensive when you fully understand that Jesus added to the Great Commission in Acts 1.8. 1.8, it says, Ye shall receive power after that which the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Notice that it says both in the verse. It shows us how we're able to witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, meaning on the uttermost parts of the world, simultaneously. So the point being, as we say, the point being is, let us paraphrase the verse to emphasize the vastness of the Great Commission. You shall be witnesses to me simultaneously. So how are we simultaneously going to witness to the whole world? We are going to look at how the first part of Acts 1.8 says, Ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and then ye shall be witnesses. The power Jesus promises from the Holy Ghost is enabling power. It's called dunamis. The Greek word dunamis means ability. So we'll look at the verse, the verse again and expand the paraphrase. You shall receive the ability after the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be able to witness to me simultaneously. How much money will be enough to do it joyfully, to chide joyfully, as well as so simultaneously sending the gospel throughout the entire earth by every means that God has ordained. Number three, God requires you to have enough money to contribute toward a better than average standard of living if you're a minister. Now, truthfully, a lot of churches simply ignore this requirement and take financial advantage of their ministers. Let me share a humorous but sad story about the prayer that many churches often offer when they hire a new preacher. They say, Lord, you keep our new preacher humble, and we at the church will keep him poor. Sad. Notice how different that above prayer is from God's instructions. In 1 Timothy 5, 17 and 18, 1 Timothy 5, 17 and 18, new living, the Living Bible, Living Bible. Pastors who do their work well should be paid well and should be highly appreciated, especially those who work hard in both preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, never tie up the mouth of an ox when it's treading out the grain. Let him eat as he do as he goes along. In another place, it says, those who work deserve their pay. Notice it doesn't say your minister should receive a living wage. Nor does it say you should be receive an average wage. It clearly states that ministers of the gospel should handle the word of God, be paid well, as it says in King James, even worthy of double honor. That means at least twice as much as the average wage earner in your community. You're a man or woman of God, 
can I lead you into abundance that you need to do all God wants you to do if he is walking in insufficiency? It is difficult for your ministry to take you where he's never been. Mm, think of that. Number four, God requires you to have enough money to properly provide for those of your own house. Now, most people don't have any problem with this requirement because it's usually not number four, it's number one. Hey, let me take care of me and mine, and then if there's anything left over, you can <laughs> share it with the church and people in need, right? You know, it took us a bit of time to find God's divine order in listing the things that he requires us to do that take money. But we use two scriptures to help us make this decision. In Matthew 6, 33, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. This verse tells us which of the several expenses of life should be first. Without question, it should be to those that pertain to the kingdom of God. Therefore, we place the first three financial requirements as we found them. In Matthew 6, 33, it doesn't tell us what should be next. Most people's responsibilities fall into three areas, family, job, God. And we found the scripture in the Old Testament that shows the divine order of these three things in life the way it was put out in the word. In the following verse, you see the priority Isaac gave to these important aspects after moving to Beersheba. It says in Genesis 26, 25, he builded an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and then pitched his tent there and there Isaac's servants digged a well. So it's saying in Isaac's first act was to build the altar see into the things of God before anything else. Afterwards, he took the family, took care of his family by pitching his tent, making sure everything was secure. And last, he took care of his vocation. His servants dug a well, for he was a well digger by trade. With this biblical model as a guide, perhaps we see that taking care of your family should be next. For First Timothy 5, 8, 1 Timothy 5.8 says, If any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Wow. Everyone who has a family knows how expensive it is to raise kids, especially if you hope to give them a you know, good lifestyle, a proper education. We must decide how much money will be enough to, for us to be able to tithe joyfully, give accepted offerings, provide adequately for our minister, as well as taking care of proper care of our family. But if you will, notice these things are starting to add up to some real money, and we're running out of time, so we're going to have to finish it up probably tomorrow. Tomorrow, huh, yes, we will. On a wonderful Wednesday. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. But there are things important, but you know, God... Over time, I know that just between you and me, you know, when you realize after a while, and I'm sure many of the people listening to our voice know this, after a while you realize, even if you don't have a lot, you know that by tithing and giving offerings, you're really, you're really opening the windows of heaven and securing more funds as it comes, because that's what literally does open the windows of heaven. You can do it pretty joyfully, knowing that the Lord will take care of you. Pouring out a blessing. That's right. You don't have room enough to receive. Hallelujah. 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 There may be trying times, and there are for everybody, but when you are faithful to him, I can tell you, he'll be faithful to you, and you can't be In the words, the scriptures we've shared thus far today yes. are very clear. 
as to what God wants done. And we need to do it. And the other thing you need to do is meditate on this. Then join us again tomorrow morning at 8.30 Eastern. We'll finish this teaching. Until then, God bless you. Happy trails. And keep thinking rich thoughts from the Word of God. We love you. We appreciate you. Bye-bye.